0: But first, a new federal lawsuit is challenging the Protect Illinois Communities Act. That's the assault weapons ban that's introduced in the aftermath of the mass shooting in Highland Park and signed by Governor Pritzker earlier this month. Now, the suit comes from the Illinois State Rifle Association, and it's not expected to be the last. Several other lawsuits against the ban have been filed in state court already. Joining us now to explain why his organization is taking this step is Director of the Illinois State Rifle Association, Richard Pearson. Welcome to Reset.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Why do you and your colleagues think that banning assault-style weapons and and large magazines that hold more than 10 bullets is wrong for Illinois?
1: Well, for one thing, we think it's a violation of the uh, Second Amendment, maybe the Fourth Amendment, uh, because you're taking people's property uh, away from them, and uh, so you have a legal search and seizure. So we have filed a lawsuit uh, in the Southern District of Illinois the U.S. Uh, federal court there.
0: So we, we know a few things about the, the weapons that are banned in this new law, right? The AR-15, for instance, that accounted for 25 percent of deaths and more than 75 percent of non-fatal injuries and mass shootings in this country between 2009 and 2018. So backers of this law say this will help save lives. What do you think about that?
1: I don't think it'll help save lives because the people who want to do these will get their hands on these firearms anyway. What it is attacking is the 2.5 million law-abiding gun owners in the state of Illinois, who, by the way, go through a background check every night to make sure that they are uh, legal to own firearms. And uh, 80% of the people in Illinois who are firearm owners own these firearms, and they will all be affected by it.
0: So you mentioned, you know, the the infringement on the Second Amendment a moment ago. People who support this law, though, they often ask, in response to that, you know, shouldn't the right for everyone in the state to be safe, shouldn't that surpass the right for some folks to just continue to buy these very, very powerful guns that show up in mass shootings over and over?
1: What's your response? these These are not very powerful guns. But they're medium-power power firearms. But, You're uh,
0: saying AR-15s aren't powerful guns?
1: No. What experience do you have with firearms?
0: Not very much.
1: Exactly. But
0: I know oh, that they're that. powerful.
1: No, you don't know they're powerful. You've been told they're powerful. But anyway.
0: So tell me why they're not powerful.
1: Because a really powerful gun is like a 300 Winchester Magnum, a four fifty eight Winchester Magnum, or one of those type of firearms. Those are powerful guns, okay? But getting back to the point here, is that these firearms are in common use. And that is one of the tests. There are 25 million AR-15s uh, in the United States. There's another 20 million firearms that would be qualified under, or would be a subject to this ban in the United States so that's 45 million firearms in uh, uh, October or September the Supreme Court ruled that tasers which are very few of tasers in the uh, country but over a thousand or 1100 are also in common use so if 1100 are in common use 25 million should be in common use also
0: so back to the the conversation about powerful weapons here. Uh, mass shootings, Richard, that involve assault weapons, it's a known fact they kill more people. And and there's actual stats there online from Everytowngunsafety.org.
1: Everytowngunsafety.org skews all of their statistics. What about the fact that you've used one of these to defend yourself in your own home, defend yourself anywhere? These are the best defensive firearms that we have available. So if a citizen turns in their AR-15 and a criminal doesn't, that puts them at a distinct disadvantage. So we don't think that the criminals ought to have an advantage, that the miscreants ought to have an advantage. So that's why we're resisting this.
0: Earlier this month, we talked on this program with Democratic State Rep. Bob Morgan, who's the, the lead sponsor on the assault weapons ban. Let's listen.
1: There are a lot of voices out there that think that any gun law is unconstitutional. I think we all agree, as a majority of society, that there is a real place for common-sense gun legislation. We used to talk about background checks as something that Democrats and Republicans agree on. I think Democrats and Republicans agree on banning assault weapon sales uh, and high-capacity magazine sales those that are saying nothing can pass, nothing should happen. I think they're ignoring the law, they're ignoring their community, but more than that, they're ignoring the gun violence that's plaguing not just suburban and urban areas, but uh, rural areas as well.
0: So I want to go through a few things that uh, the representative talked about. Uh, First, the additional gun control or or gun safety measures. I, I wonder which could you get behind? He talked about Stronger background checks, which you mentioned a little bit earlier, Richard.
1: We already have strong background checks in Illinois, probably the strongest in any state.
0: So, what else okay. could we do that, that you would support?
1: But I would support them. Yeah. First of all, one of the things we need to do is when the uh, state please do a background check for uh, a point card, they need to go beyond the 18 limit and go back into the, a person's juvenile history. To see if they've committed juvenile crimes. Right now, they can't do that. For example, the Highland Park shooter, had that been available, he would have not gotten the Ford card.
0: Do you think that any gun law is unconstitutional?
1: No, I don't think any gun law is unconstitutional. We have 45,000 of them on the books in, in the United States, but uh, this particular one, I believe, is unconstitutional.
0: So, you mentioned we, there's already strong background checks i mean there's a there's a Gallup poll out from November of twenty twenty two saying that fifty seven percent of Americans are in support of stricter gun laws. I imagine that is due to the fact that tens of thousands of folks are dying every year, Richard in this country from gunshot wounds it's It's a fact mass shootings they're on the rise. Are you ignoring that like the state
1: representative no, I'm not ignoring suggested that, but you're ignoring the numbers. You know, about eighty-six. What numbers
0: hundreds, am I ignoring?
1: I'm going to tell you if you shut up for a minute. Eighty-six hundred murders. Okay, the rest of them are drug and gang violence, and they are criminals. There's nothing. That was Director
0: of the Illinois State Rifle Association, Richard Pearson. Thank you for appearing on the program, Richard. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The assault weapons ban that's been dominating state news now faces lawsuits from a variety of places, including the Illinois State Rifle Association. We just heard from the group's director, Richard Pearson. Now we're joined by Chicago Sun-Times chief political reporter, Tina Svondelis. Hi, Tina. Hi,
2: Sasha. How are you doing?
0: I've had better days. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's unpack that. I would have
2: done the same thing.
0: We just heard from Richard Pearson. You've been following the assault weapon ban story for some time. Uh, You heard from the supporters and the challengers. What stands out to you from what Richard had to say?
2: I think the basis of his argument is going to be the Second Amendment claim. There, There's so many supporters out there who believe that all the things that are in the Constitution about the Second Amendment still in 2023 should be the same, that we have the right to bear arms, that we cannot pick and choose the types of weapons that we can use. And that will be the basis of their argument. And I think that's probably their strongest argument to try to get it to the Supreme Court, which is what they're trying to get.
0: So the lawsuit from the Illinois Rifle Association, it's not the only legal challenge against this ban, right?
2: Yes, that's right. So we've been trying to keep track. Um, we believe the very first one was on January 13th in Crawford County, um, and that one was also on some constitutional grounds. Um, they said this it violated the 5th and 14th and the 2nd. And then this week, we saw another one in Southern Illinois in Effingham County, and that's the one that was filed by the former Illinois Attorney General candidate, Tom DeVore. That one's a little bit more in the weeds. They go into a lot of the process of how the bill was passed. Um, and so I'm not sure if that will be the vehicle. We don't know which will be the vehicle, but mm-hmm. we think that the federal lawsuit um, with the Illinois State Rifle Association might be the one. But um, people are also welcome to file more federal lawsuits. So we're not quite sure which one will get up there yet.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, from a political standpoint... How do these lawsuits fit into that bigger picture of legislation that was introduced since the uh, July 4th shooting?
2: Well, uh, I mean, they consider it to be a a victory that it passed, Governor Pritzker and the Democratic lawmakers that passed it. Um, And, you know, we saw this in Maryland and California. Those are being challenged as well, but they're still in place. So I do. I've said this since day day one. I think they're going to consider it a victory any day that assault weapons are not bought in or purchased in Illinois, that even if this drags out, you know, six months, one year longer, whatever it is, they'll say, hey, you know, for that amount of time, we did stop the sale, which they believe they believe will save lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the legal challenge to uh, the ban were expected both by the governor and the attorney general. Tell us what we've heard from either Governor Pritzker or uh, Kwame Raul.
2: Uh, well, I was on a press call this morning with um, Governor Pritzker and some reporters. He's in Davos, Switzerland. Okay. Um, promoting Illinois, trying to get business in, um, and he talked. We talked about the gun bill. He seems confident. He said he's confident that the constitutionality will be upheld. That's what he said consistently. Um, and uh, the attorney general has just said, you know, let's let's follow the process. He can't say very much. They're very, you know, they're very involved in these. They can't say. They can't really uh, disclose too many details. But um, Governor Pritzker has consistently said he believes it will
1: pass.
0: Yeah. Well, the lawsuits. They assert that the, the assault weapons ban denies citizens their fund, fundamental individual right to keep and bear common arms. And you heard Richard state some form of that, that statement. And uh, the lawsuit also says that this common use keeps them from being declared unusual or dangerous, which would remove the Second Amendment protections. How is common use actually determined, though, Tina?
2: That's a great question. I am not a lawyer, and I believe that is the, one of the main arguments of what lawyers will be looking at in all of these cases to mm-hmm. see um, how to define common use. But, uh, you know, their argument, Illinois State Rifle Association, is that people use these for hunting and that people, yes, that people use it for self-defense. That if someone, there's an intruder, they can they feel safer being able to use these types of weapons as opposed to smaller ones. Um, and they believe that they have that right. So that's what the courts will have to determine, whether it is in common use.
0: Yeah. Because I, what I wonder is if it's possible for an assault rifle to be both in common use and considered unusual and dangerous.
2: Exactly. Um, well, you know, judging on what in the New York case, um, that's also something that they were looking at to see. It's, it's about how these guns are regulated. So that is another legal argument that they're going to have to determine as well.
0: Now, this bill was signed a week ago, Tina. So how does the lawsuit affect the timeline of of an already signed piece of legislation?
2: Well, it is a law as of last week. um, These assault weapons are not being sold. Um, As I said, it's every day. It will continue until there is a motion or a ruling saying there's a couple avenues, I guess, um, that could temporarily put the law on hold. Um, while they sort out the merits of the case, and then, you know, the, the goal of these gun rights advocates are to have it go to the appellate court and ultimately, ultimately, to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, it is in place until there is some sort of motion to, you know, um, kind of halt that.
0: Mm-hmm. Both uh, State Representative Bob Morgan and, and Governor Pritzker's office, they say they're confident that the Protect Illinois Communities Act can withstand the the legal scrutiny and uh, wrote the bill, they say, based on language that has already been upheld, right? So is this legal scrutiny anything specific to this bill, or is it just to be expected when you have bipartisan politics?
2: I mean, it's half political, half not. So, like I said, they wanted to pass this. It is a victory for them no matter what, no matter if it's shot down, you know, any day now. Um, They did say that they looked at Supreme Court law, that they believe it is constitutional Um, But as I mentioned, that New York State Rifle uh, Association versus Bruin case, that kind of changed a lot of things. Um, And so that is, you know, judges said that you have to rely on the Second Amendment's text and the history of gun regulation to decide the constitutionality of gun laws Mm -hmm. and not the strength of public safety purpose. So it is regulation versus public safety. That is the argument that the Supreme Court took um, in New York.
0: Well, a lot of moving parts here, Tina, and and more lawsuits to come, as we mentioned. What are you keeping an eye on as this continues to unfold?
2: Well, we are calling everyone we know to hear about, I mean, it's, it's a statewide situation. Anyone can file a lawsuit. So we're looking at state courts and federal courts to see which one is going to be the vehicle that gets it all the way up to the appellate court and ultimately the Supreme Court.
0: That was Chicago Sun-Times chief political reporter Tina Svondalas. Thank you, Tina. Thank you.